Today, Sally is back, back from a time in South Australia, and we're going to reap the benefit of her experience there. So, South Australia is on the menu. To NURFM's Talking Travel, Sally Lucas, we are talking about South Australia because that's where you've been. Yes. Not to hot spots, but it seems some of the hot spots may not, if you've been listening to the news, be quite as hot as they first thought. No. And some restrictions will be easing as of the middle of this weekend. It's yes. kind of watch this space, I think. But, I think uh, so. But yes, thank heavens. I mean, it's terrible to think that someone has caused this to happen, but then it's good news that it's only still, I think, people that are in hotel quarantine. So it actually means, from cases, what we've, you know, we yeah, we can, we've found out so far that there's no actual new cases outside the hotel quarantine, which is fantastic. Yes, so I've just been to South Australia on a driving holiday as um, Mildura has opened up to let you traverse through there now. You still have to get a border permit, but, and you're not allowed to stop. So that was good, which meant we didn't have to go via Broken Hill in both directions, which would have made it quite a long journey. So we headed down via Adelaide, then on the ferry to Kangaroo Island, which I've always wanted to go back. I was there eight years ago and um, was lucky enough to have stayed at Southern Ocean Lodge, which of course was completely destroyed in those horrible bushfires last summer. That was on Kangaroo Island, wasn't it? Yeah, on Kangaroo Island. Beautiful looking yeah. place. No, we stayed there and it's not... Anyway, they are rebuilding, which is a good thing and um, they're going to put far more things in place with fire proofing, obviously, etc., etc. But what you've got to remember with um, Kangaroo Island is it's the third largest island in Australia after Tasmania and Melville Island, so it's huge. 4,400 square kilometres and it's about 155 k's long. So don't limit your time there. It really deserves a lot of time. Like you wouldn't go to Tasmania for just three days. So you really need you, – you'll only see part of Kangaroo Island if you're only going to go for three or four days. You're not going to see the lot. Having said that, we were only there for four nights, from four full days. We did 900 kilometres. Mm. So it's a big island. It's yeah. a big island. Um, now you've got to remember that they are desperate for us to all go back and visit. It has been good because it's typical in your own backyard. Like a lot of people who lived in Adelaide and on the mainland had never been to Kangaroo Island. Like people here that don't go up to the Hunter Valley or ports, whatever, you know, that often happens. So they said from that point of view, it's nice because like what's happening in every state, people are travelling within their own state. But they want more now that obviously the borders will open again, of course, now this is all settling, that they want their interstate visitors too and they need that to develop the tourism again. Obviously, there is still some devastation on the island, as you can imagine, because those bushfires were so intense. And so Flinders Chase National Park, which is right down towards the west, which is where Southern Ocean Lodge was, um, was virtually wiped out. And the sad thing is... When we went there before, you'd see paddy melons and kangaroos and koalas in trees. Well, you're not going to see that now. Mm -hmm. They still haven't come back because so much wildlife was destroyed. So you really only get to get portions of that down on the the Cape Jervis Penishaw end, which is where you're coming off the ferry. But that's not where all your forest was. So get most of the wildlife was on that northern and western part of, of the island. Though, look, it's still fantastic. Like, they've got about five or six different vineyards there now, which is fantastic. We tasted some beautiful wines, and they weren't, you know, 
uh, vineyards I knew about. One of them is owned by a Frenchman, and um, he has made these beautiful wines. And the champagne was was you know very French. And he lives in France most of the time and has an, a you know a manager. Um, his name was Yale. Actually, he came from Boulder in Colorado. Can you believe that? So you've got a Frenchman and an American owning a vineyard in Kangaroo Island, which seems rather bizarre, doesn't it? But they've got even like uh, liquor, uh, gin distilleries. Um, they make eucalyptus oil, or eucalyptus distillery, lavender farms, Ligurian bees. They make this beautiful honey um, and produce, etc. They're very. Um, it's very important to them about sourcing local produce. It's where your King George Whiting comes from, that beautiful fish, lovely oysters. Um, and the ferry ride's only about 45 minutes. Um, obviously, if you've got your own car, you can take it, or, of course, you can hire a car when you get there. Um, you can also do, obviously, escorted tours as well. Uh, lots of hiking trails, walking trails, and you've got the wonderful, remarkable rocks at the western end, which are these unique-shaped rocks that are just look like something out of I don't know, the shape is unusual. That one looks like an elephant and just, just really interesting. And then you've got Seal Bay where you can go and do this guided walk along the beach where all the sea lions and the long nosed fur seals are. Um, you know, a lot of French influence there because Baudin, of course, was one of the main on the, uh, what was his vessel called? The Geograph. And actually, even though at the time Britain and France were at war, the English and the French were get together on this. They sort of ended up at Kangaroo Island around the same time. So there was no war between them. They were more explorers interested in what they were discovering. Mm. So it is a very interesting island with a lot of history. It had a lot of shipwrecks around it, of course, back in the day. Um, but certainly, you know, you could actually spend a week there if you had a week. But, you know, if you've only got four days, well, don't go for less. You'll still cover quite a lot of territory, you know, but it's not something you can just do a day trip because it, the island is far too big just to do it as, as a day trip. Talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and we're in South Australia. We're going off to another of the really nice natural beauties of South Australia now, Sally. Yes, the Flinders Ranges, or Ikara Flinders as it's called, is the Aboriginal word, which means meeting place. And we'll peen a pound, and they think that was coming from an Aboriginal word as well. It meant broken fingers because that's what it looked like. And everyone thinks that it's a crater, but it's not actually a crater, even though it looks like one as, from a volcano. It's But the Flinders Ranges, I was blown away by this when it was like Gondwana land, etc. The other part of the Flinders Ranges mountains is in Antarctica. <laughs> so it's moved a little bit this way. So isn't that yeah. amazing? Yeah. But the uh, actual formation of the rocks within Flinders Range is very similar to the Kimberley Coast with your synclines and your anticlines when it, were, you know, it was really hot and everything got pushed and squeezed together and you've got all these angled striations in, in different directions. So it's stunningly beautiful. It really is. It was probably my highlight. Um, I mean, I have done obviously done Kangaroo Island before, but we were going back to support, obviously, since bushfires and all that. And we did have our lovely time there. But, yeah, this was just... Just unbelievable, and you can do some incredible uh, drives. There's one called the Moralana Scenic Drive, and that that was about thirty something kilometres, and it was stunning. And the one actually, the one that was really stunning was uh, the Burkina, um Gorge, and you're driving through this gorge across 
sometimes you're crossing all these dry riverbeds, so you, you do need a four-wheel drive or a car with good height. You wouldn't want a low car, certainly because it's not sealed, okay. But it, it just looking up again at these synclines and anticlines and the colours of the rocks and the formations, and they're five to 600 million years old, you know. We keep forgetting how old this country is. So it is quite stunning. And then we stayed at a station called Rawnsley Park Station, which is about 20 k south of Wilpena Pound. And they used to be just a working sheep station. I forget how many thousand hectares it is. But, but in 1968, they were going through problems every now and then with droughts and so on, and they thought they needed another source of income. So then they decided... They put up some basic camping. That's how it started, you know, and they had, and then it's grown from that. So now you've got everything from still your, your campsite with powered sites with just free camping. It's got a swimming pool, and then you've got cabins that you can stay in, and you've got eco villas now as well, which are all ecological with, for, you know, um, solar and all this sort of thing, and with your own spa pool and then they've even got a homestead that you can hire as a family so that's really interesting as well then within Wilpena Pound itself you've got the Wilpena Pound Resort also so you've got two two choices of, of accommodation in that area um, we did the helicopter flight over again as I've said before Jane I think when you're seeing anything like this you don't get the whole proper aspect of how huge it is unless you're looking at it from the air. So that was fantastic to do that um, flight across it. And just to, there was one beautiful gorge that you just looked down like, there's only one entrance into actually Wilpena Pound and it's a very narrow gorge called Sliding Rock. But it was originally farmed by some Englishmen who came out there and um, they did have farming in there for at some stage. But then I think it was about 1940s it was actually taken over by, as National Park and, you know, became that. But it's a very important and emotional place for the Indigenous people of that, that area. It's a, quite a sacred place for them. So, yeah, look, it was just fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to get up there, it's about a five-hour drive north of Adelaide. Um, fantastic to do. And then after we left there, we just drove home via Broken Hill and had a couple of nights there. And, um, again, we didn't see any roadkill. And, well, of course, of bushfires on um, Kangaroo, but we asked a gentleman at... Um, Silverton, uh, the Mad Max Museum, etc., etc. Interesting little town that is. Um, and he said, no, he said, we had three years of drought, so he said they all died. Mm-hmm. So that's why there was lack of roadkill. Um, you know, uh, he said they'll come back. Yes. I won't say what he called them, the so-and-sos, um, <laughs> because they don't want them to come back because they, I guess they, they think they cause damage. But, I mean, yes, yeah, so that was the amazing thing. It blew me away. I, we hardly saw any you know wildlife on on roadkill or anything like that that you would normally do but um yeah it was a lovely holiday and great great places to visit to and you RFM's talking travel Sally Lucas Hot deals, yes, we're starting to get some, and things mm. are bit by bit starting to open up. They are, at least within our own country anyway, which is wonderful. And the spirit of Tasmania is able to operate again, which is wonderful. And they're putting all sorts of things in place, like everybody is, of course, with regular cleaning and disinfecting surfaces on board. Um, all passengers and crew are required to wear a face mask in the public areas on the, on the vessel. Uh, social distancing measures are in place. Place for all crew and passengers. Um, 
payments are now cashless throughout the vessel, um, all that sort of thing, and they've given a more flexible dining options. You can do online ordering and takeaway dining if you don't want to sort of sit in the dining area. And also, of course, they make sure they've got hand sanitizer available and they've got clear screens at all the registers and contact points. You can't stop, but you can drive through Victoria, so stop close to the border, I would suggest, um, or somewhere like that, and then you can head down and get on the ferry. So this is available for people from New South Wales, Western Australia, Northern Territory, Queensland and ACT. And um, you can stop for fuel, though. They do let you stop for fuel, but not not actually stop-stop. But they've got a special at the moment where you can sail from $99 per person each way and bring your car from $99, if it's just a standard car. Now, that's only in a reclining seat. You do have to pay extra if you want to have a cabin, of course. But Tassie is such a beautiful place. And um, also AAT Kings have brought out a whole range of holidays to Tassie from all sorts of durations, from short stays right up to two weeks. Um, there's a lovely one if you've not been before. It's called a 10-day Tasmanian Wonders and it really is taking in all the essential parts of Tasmania that you should see. Um, and there's departures ranging from December right through into 2023. Um, but at the moment, they again have got a special offer. If you book and pay by the 17th of December, you've only got to pay a $99 deposit. And again, you've got the flexible um, cancellation, etc., etc. It's a wonderful itinerary. You're taking in, you know, Gordon Rivers, Strawn, you know, all all the main ports that you need to Hobart, Port Arthur, um, Bishano, Richmond, that beautiful old town. Um, you know, Stanley, where they have what they call the Nut, which of course is that wonderful hill you can climb. And of course, it's quite famous now because it has a lot of movies being filmed and Stanley as well. So it's a picturesque little town as well. And of course, you've got the wonderful gourmet food. One of the last temperate rainforests in the world in Tasmania. You've got some of the tallest trees, gum trees you'll ever find. Rugged coastline. You know, I could go on and on. You know how I love Tasmania, Jane. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's available. And also, just to let people know, there is a solar eclipse happening in Antarctica Ooh. on the 4th of December, 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's the only place in the world where it will be 100% visible. Right, or invisible if it happens, <laughs> whichever way you well, look at it. Um, and so Pernant have got their vessel, the Commandant Charcot, is going into the reaches of the Antarctica's Weddell Sea, and that will depart South America on the 30th of November so they can be down in the right position to see this on the 4th of December. So if you're really hankering to get to Antarctica, wouldn't that be a wonderful experience to do that? Um, so, yeah, they'd have at the moment um, some reduced savings on that and they just they don't have what they call early birds. They have reduced savings and they hold so many once they're gone, it might start at 30%, then it drops down to 25 and then to 20 And but So if you get in early, you get the bigger the bigger the discount, obviously. So if you're thinking of doing Antarctica and wonderful experience of the uh, solar eclipse, that's December 2021 or 30th of November is the sailing. Yeah, yeah excellent. Well, thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we will talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.